ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Language warning. This podcast contains strong language. Hello and welcome to Silver Bullet. My name's Lewis Hobber. My name's Michael Hing. And on this podcast, uh, we are searching for one quick fix that will solve all of our problems. Yes. And if you're listening... Hopefully, this quick fix will solve all of your problems mm-hmm. too. Now, each week we have a wonderful guest on, uh, a well-known person, mm-hmm. and we find out what their silver bullet is. Now, their silver bullet doesn't always have to have worked for them. Yes. We just want to know stuff that they've tried. <laughs> uh, and he is, uh, we're both excited about this guest, but I will say it's in your wheelhouse in a way that it, it you know is exciting you a lot yes i want you to take your mind back to the joy you felt as a child the the magic of creation that only a child can experience before they are thrust into the capitalist workforce that we all <laughs> exist in now and um feel the obligation to um create not for your own joy but to survive and get money. Sure. Right? And think about the happiest times you were as a child creating. You know, I imagine it might have something to do with some little plastic bricks um, that are made by a, um, I want to say, Norwegian company. I'm probably going to get that wrong. What do we think? Danish. Danish! Danish! Oh, God! <laughs> the Danes! Um, we are so delighted today to have one of the most joyful people um, in Australian television on our podcast, Ryan Brickman McNaught. Hello, Ryan. How's oh, it going? Thank you very much. I'm honoured to be here. Yeah, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Lego uh, needs no introduction. It's huge. Mm-hmm. But you're, I guess, Lego endorsed. Yeah, if you look at my business card, the job title is Lego Certified Professional. I'm the only one in the Southern Hemisphere. Is my, That's is huge. My claim Take that, Argentina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my nearest colleague's in Singapore, and right. if he was eight nautical miles further south, I wouldn't be able to claim it. Really. So <laughs> You're like, never move. Up. Totally. <laughs> um, so for people like Lewis who might be maybe aren't familiar with your role in the world of Lego, there's like you go to a shop and you buy like a little set and you're building mm-hmm. a pirate ship or something. Mm-hmm. But you're sort of doing that on a much bigger scale. Yeah, my remit, if you like, or Mm -hmm. or thing that I basically do is to do things that no one's ever thought of before. So Mm -hmm. to make huge sculptures, life-size dinosaurs, you name it, anything that's kind of wacky and crazy. You're a sculptor. Pretty uh, pretty much with an unusual medium, I guess, is Mm -hmm. probably the trick. So you've had this incredible life of, you know, in and out of, I guess, finding a passion, um, I guess, the stresses of a corporate job as well. Now you're doing this like very public role where you are able to creatively express yourself, but also have a lot of pressure on yourself from the media and everything else. You're on, you're in the like it's the highest rating entertainment yeah. show in Australia. Yeah, Lego oh, Masters. You, you can you can thank Hamish Blake for that. I just kind of <laughs> I kind of tag along. <laughs> Who? Never heard of him. <laughs> I think he's riding your coattails, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but I I, I want to know now. Like how, what have you tried, what have you done to keep sane over the years? Like what have you done? Because it's such different lives. That would have been a huge, um, you know, tumultuous time in your life. What have you done over that time to maintain wellness or um, I guess, you know, keep keep your brain screwed on? Yeah. So the trick was during um, pre-Lego, so as just a corporate person, you know, doing your 14 hours a day in the office and, and those kind of things in the 2000s and having young kids and all of that kind of stuff, I pretty much let myself go physically. Mm. I would do long lunches, long dinners, travel a lot. I traveled a lot for work, not mm. conducive to that kind of stuff. So my weight really ballooned out. So then I, I tried all the gadgets, you know, sign up to a gym, tried, bought all the gear, the weights at home, all of that kind of stuff, zero motivation, mm. all of that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until... I started um, running a little bit that I kind of, I found something. There was a little, there was a little glimmer there. Okay. So the silver bullet you've brought in today is? 
My silver bullet is distance running. Distance running. It was inevitable that this would come across our desk. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's talk through what that means to you. So you're saying distance running. What kind of distances are you talking about and how often are you doing it? Okay, so we're talking about marathons. Mm-hmm. There are, of course, much greater distances than marathons. Ultra marathons, 100Ks, 100 milers, uh, all sorts of stuff. Intercontinental runs, there's all sorts of distances. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not at that level. I'm just talking about the marathon. Now, the reason... I fell 40 in, Ks, marathon? 42.2 kilometers okay. Okay. Um, is the go. The reason that I fell in love with the marathon was obviously there was a little bit of a family connection. A good friend of mine was a, is a great marathon runner as well. And um, my wife is a good marathon runner. So oh. I kind of like, I've got no choice here. I'm last of the party. Right. So uh, And I've she was into marathons before you? Like before, yes. Just ever right. so slightly, ever yeah. so slightly before okay. me. And, and she's much faster than me too. Right. So that yeah, helps yeah. a lot too. Yeah. Okay, so you've now been running for a couple of years. Mm. What are the major benefits you see to distance running? So my role, my, my profession or a job is I have to be very patient. You know, these things that I make out of Lego take potentially thousands of hours, like mm. a, a long time. They're millions of pieces. Literally, literally yeah. millions of pieces in some instances. And so the, the problems that I come across are sometimes very difficult for your brain to compute and calculate. So sometimes I'll go to bed, finish the day, whatever, with a problem that I just don't know how to solve. And when Mm. I'm running and your mind is clear of everything except for the pain that your body's going through, those answers come to you like straight away, almost Mm. immediately. And it's a thing whereby your, your brain conditions itself to shut out whatever pain it's going through and think about something else. So there's the, the weight loss and the, the, the physical fitness and all that stuff that you, I guess, got into it for, Uh but now you're finding a mental clarity on on the track. Mm. Yeah, so to speak. And probably the biggest thing I, I didn't know until after I ran my first marathon. So I'll just mm. set a bit of a scene for you. So I run for five hours around the suburbs of Melbourne. Fantastic. Coming back, you finish at the MCG. Okay. Yeah. Right. And you do a lap of the MCG before you cross the finish line. So I felt like I was playing on grand final day. I was... I mean, I'm an emotional guy, but I was bawling my eyes out. Uh, yeah. the, your body's shut down. It's it's cactus, all those kind of bits and pieces. I have never had an endorphin rush or, huh. or high like what it was crossing that finish. My whole bottom of my feet, all of it, the whole bottom of my foot was a giant blister. My nipples were bleeding, the whole lot, right? But the the I could feel none of that. All I felt was this high, wow. this immense high. Wow. And so that became a thing. Huh. Like an addict. Yeah, right. Because how now that you've done it, like obviously um, as someone who uh, has slightly an addictive personality, <laughs> what does it take you to chase that feeling again? Like how far do you have to run to get the same kind of taste? It's not about, uh, for me personally, it's not about the distance. It's about right. the where, the how you get there. Mm-hmm. And this is really interesting because you're running with thousands of people at times. Sometimes you're running on your own. Mm. So they're very different. You know, the crowd can really G you up. Like in the New York Marathon, every mile there's a band playing. Mm. And and depending where you are in New York, it's different types of music. Like we're running through the Jewish community and they're singing Jewish hymn songs and stuff. We're right. running through Harlem, there's a rap band. There's mm. like yeah, all this. Okay. So there's, there's all that kind of hype and energy that you get. And other times you are slogging it out literally on your own with no one in sight. And so they're very, they're very, very different to each other. Wow. So where are the most interesting places you've run? What, how many marathons have you done? What, have you just gone rogue on a big run? (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
the goal is to run a marathon on every continent. Okay. okay so well, there's, there's one immediate one that I'm thinking might be difficult. Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a couple a year that happen in Antarctica. No Antarctic marathon. Yes, there is. A couple a year. Yes, there's uh, two a year. Um, huh. COVID put, was very difficult for that, obviously, when sure, the world sort of sure. shut down. That was okay. difficult. And the one in Africa we're going to do is actually in a game park. Oh, there's like you're running with the with the lions chasing uh-huh. you. Yes, indeed. And uh you have to run as a group, obviously as a pack, <laughs> where where the ranger will be behind you and the whole like all of that kind of stuff. So they're the kind of marathon. It's Jurassic game. Park. You're putting yourself in Jurassic Park. hundred percent. I want to be wow. Sam Neil though. As long yeah. as I'm Sam Neil, we're we're good. So so wow. you've got Africa and Antarctica to go, but you've done yep. obviously New York, obviously that's yes. the North America. What was your South America like? Uh we did the Falkland Islands. Oh, off the off the coast of Argentina. Yep. Okay. And so, about the only way to get to the Falklands is one flight a week. Okay. So basically, you fly there and you're there for a week, no matter what. So, okay. so we to get there from Australia is quite difficult. You kind of have to go through the you yep. know South America and Buenos Aires and all the rest. Anyway, so we got there and the run was the next day. There's about sixty people do it. Um, of which maybe 30 or 40 are from not from the Falklands. The right, vast okay. majority are military personnel, right. like, like British oh. air pilots or, you know, because yep. they're based there. That's gotcha. their activity. But it is one of the windiest places on earth. There's like three trees <laughs> on the whole island. And they've actually grown. They've grown on like a 45 degree angle. Right. And oh. so we're like, and you basically just run in this like desolate, it's like, it's like a movie set. It's kind of bizarre. Oh. Anyway, so we did that. That Was, was it windy when you were doing it? At, did you get a headwind? Um, at times. It was a bit of a loop back, kind of a bit of a uh, funny course. So, okay. so you had a tailwind you had sometimes, you had a, uh, whatever the case happens to be. But I ran that one with my wife. So we ran together. So we, we were buddies. Oh, were, you, buddies were, you do, were you like tailing each other? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You take everything you get. Um, and things like that, um, like we ran next to minefields, like there's actually minefields and stuff left over from the war and stuff. So a few stops for happy snaps. So I can see why for you running a marathon is as much about the location and the event as it is the actual physical distance. For Um, sure. A hundred percent. But speaking of unusual marathons, I have brought some props in with me. Oh, we love props. And I will will try and describe them. So I've done a couple of weird marathons if if Falkland Islands wasn't enough for you. But the weirdest one that we did was in Pyongyang, North Korea. Whoa! What? Yes, North Korea. So I bought the medal in. Here you go. You can uh, share the medal around. No way. That's the uh, that's the medal from from all the way from North Korea. Oh, Don't wow. bite it. It could be made of chocolate. Is kind of our. It's <laughs> like all is, things yeah, are all fake. Poison. This yep. says uh, Pyongyang uh, DPRK on the back. Yeah. There's like a almost like an Olympic style. Um, you know how for each Olympic sport there's like a figurine oh, yeah, yeah, that'll yeah. like show the sport. There's like a there's almost like an Olympic style figurine on the front. There's I think what looks to be like a marathon track and also I'm guessing some sort of North Korean palace. There's some Korean text on it. It does look very official. Oh look, yeah. Oh, so my God. so how did what do you mean you ran a marathon wow. in North Korea? So uh, I was fortunate. Uh, my parents were both in the travel industry. So growing up, my dad worked for the Victorian Government Tourism Bureau. And huh. so he got to travel to lots of places to get tourists to come to Victoria. And one of the big things that he always spoke about was he went to Russia in the 80s. Right. Back when the full-on Cold War and the yeah. Iron Curtain as part of a diplomatic thing. And dad just raved about it. Said it was yeah. one of the greatest things he ever did. And so I'm like, oh, I never got a chance to go before the Iron Curtain fell. Mm. So I'd love to go somewhere 
where it's still it's still mm. like that. Wow. And so we we did some research, and as Australians, and my wife's Canadian, we are allowed to travel to North Korea. Are we? Oh, I would have thought that's illegal. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, only Americans are not allowed to go right. to North Korea. Right. Um, I uh, imagine you'd be fairly tailed or fairly observed. I'll, I'll go through that. In okay, a yeah. So, sorry, I won't get ahead of it. Basically, yeah. you fly to Beijing. You go to China first. That's where the consulate is, and you do an, uh, a day. Basically, a course on what to do, what not to do. So oh. it's a whole day induction. of induction of your, your OHS of, of North Korea, what not to do, you get what your to swipe do. Pass. Totally, all of that kind pen. of stuff. Yeah, well, they take your passport and they disappear for a day, which is kind of nerve wracking. That's oh, terrifying. Yeah. This well, is the Chinese government doing it, or the no, North this Korean is, government? This is the North Korean at government the at the there. consulate. Mm. Um, and so basically, they they vet you. Right. Do their research on you and okay. all of those kind of bits and pieces. And uh, I, were you I, worried? You were like, "Oh my goodness, they're going to find some stuff about like my <laughs> my <laughs> capitalist past." Can you Unfortunately, imagine? nothing to hide. Luckily, yeah. so imagine I'm not... if they were like, as a spy, what a great cover—a lifetime of like Lego building. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. <laughs> well, my wife, ironically, works for a big American multinational. Right? Oh, okay. So she was right. a bit okay. more. She was a bit more classic yeah. spy territory. Classic yeah. spy territory sort yeah. of thing. Mm. So anyway, so basically, they do that. I tell you what, you can. Can't do, and so next day fly to Pyongyang. So there's one flight a day into into Pyongyang on this airplane, which came from just after the Second World War. This big <laughs> a, Russian evolution thing. It was it was awesome. <laughs> one of the greatest things ever, and they have the most amazing airport. Right. Like it is. Like, think beautiful, modern, marble, all of that kind of stuff for right. like one flight a week, sort of wow. stuff. That wow. kind of. Wow. Okay. And very opulent, very whatever. But it's all. It's like that's what it looks like until you get up close, right? And it's all like it's all like a movie prop. Interesting, yeah. like You'd the rooms the that walls. you're, yeah, the rooms that you're in look amazing, but the second you see a door open behind the scenes, it's yeah. it's all dodgy, rusting, whatever. Right, okay. And so, so we get there, and and basically we're on a guided tour, okay, mm, yeah, um, right. of which there's sort of fifty of us from all around the world, a lot of Brits, a lot of Scandinavians, mm -hmm. Canadians, no Americans, obviously, obviously no Americans, <laughs> oh. uh, funnily enough, and. They take you to your hotel, which is on an island uh, in Pyongyang's, basically in the middle of the river. You can go anywhere you like on the island. If you go off the island, you have to have someone with you. So basically, you have oh, a monitor. okay. So it's very oh, controlled. It's very, very government approved. Totally. All of that kind of stuff. Yeah, now, the run yeah. was on the Sunday. We got there on the Friday. Um, and then we did things like went on a tour to the DMZ. I'd been to Far the, out. Yes. <laughs> but here's the thing. So I'd been from South Korea to the border and they don't let you get within like five kilometers of the thing. It's like mm. nowhere near it. Yeah. The North, I've got like, I'm doing Homer with my foot on the line going whoop, <laughs> whoop, in, out, in, out, all of that kind of stuff. They let you actually right there where the blue huts are and the whole, wow. it was ace. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy. I guess but, it's pretty low grade OHS in North Korea in general. Yeah. Like mm. the, the fact that, you can't see it, but there's probably uh, maybe 500 weapons pointing at me at the mm, time. Maybe mm -hmm. you can't see it. Doesn't matter then. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know? It's like, wow. is that the brick man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Lego so, Masters? It's, so, so it's pretty what. And of course, the, the thing that we found very confronting is, I mean, let's be honest, they are a dictatorship. Yes. They kill millions of innocent people. So we're we're very mindful of yeah. the fact that, you know, this is, this is really bad. Mm. You know, this mm. is sad. It's terrible. Yes. And here we are being very opulent as tourists. So, you know, there was just a little bit of stuff like that. Yes. Anyway, um, uh, uh, cut a long story short, um, we did the marathon and they have their Olympic stadium in, in, in quest, uh -huh. unquote, because they've never had the Olympics, yeah. of course, but, um, and basically it holds about 70,000 people. It was run on the Sunday and Sunday, nobody works on Sunday. Sunday is their day of rest and, uh -huh. and, and family and all the rest. And they put on a soccer match 
Um, so while we were off running the marathon around Pyongyang, to keep the crowd entertained, they had a couple of soccer games. Because, you know, a marathon for me takes like four and a half, five hours. Mm. Some people are faster or whatever. Anyway, so Locomotive played Farmers and Army played Air Force. They were oh, the, so it's they my were, profession. Yeah, well, oh. uh, let's uh, use the term loosely profession. Right, but right, yeah, okay. yeah, sort of thing. Anyway, huh. um, what I found funny was their uniforms were all the same. <laughs> So I, I couldn't tell who was passing to who or, or anything like that. So they don't understand the nature of competition. <laughs> well, T- everyone, everyone's playing for the same team, which is the team of the glorious leader. Oh, Speaking of competition, so, I, you know, doing these marathons around the world, I've seen a few unscrupulous marathon activities. Really? And even had the opportunity to cheat, but you're not, you're only cheating yourself. So this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not in you're the cheating Olympics. cheating yourself out of an endorphin, right? Well, correct. That's right. And and put an asterisk next to your name. Because there's, there's been a few, even recently, of people, people jumping like in hopping cars in and, totally. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, we've seen, like the London one, we saw a guy get out of the tube station. No. <laughs> yeah, it's like, awesome, mate. Get on your champ. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, um, Basically, they're athletes. And so, for example, so if you go round a roundabout, you sort of you go the long way round a roundabout to turn left, you know. Right. You sort of go okay. around the roundabout or, yep. or right, yep. you know. They just cut the corner and stuff like this. Right, okay. And, and the winner of the marathon, um, so the world's fastest marathon is uh, uh, Iliad Kipchoge, mm-hmm. and he does that just on two hours is sort of his world record. Okay. Two hours to do 42 k. Yes. And so the That's North so Koreans horrific. did it in one hour, 37 minutes. Right, that... <laughs> Feels. I mean, maybe it's a secret I mean, hotbed of the greatest athletes of all time. Look, I've we seen... know the glorious leader can hit a lot of hole in ones. <laughs> Eighteen in a row. That's right. Eighteen in a row. One of the I, first to do it. I've totally. seen a lot of pictures of um, not a lot, but I've seen occasional pictures of shirtless North Koreans. You know how they do those demonstrations, yes. and yeah. they're sort of running along, and then they rip their shirts off, and you're like, these guys are pretty jacked. Yeah. But I actually, I think that when you think about um. Like marathon runners, the best of them, they're very skinny. Tiny. And yeah. I think that a lot of these jacked North Korean military service people or whoever, I think might not be uh, suited to the um, mm. to the marathon running. I don't know. 136, though. Pretty good time. Uh, well, what even made it more amazing? So we got a chance to, obviously, when you're in North Korea, we've got to get something to say we've been there. Mm. And we could buy official North Korean tracksuits. Ah. They are the most flammable things you have ever seen in your life. Like the friction alone, they would have burst into flames doing, doing a marathon. So I'm not sure how they did it. To wow. be honest, we're, we're kind of oh, that's your worst nightmare. Hing hates anything that, does, that yeah. creates static electricity. Anything oh, staticky, it's anything. Got a phobia yeah. on there. Horrendous. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'll give you this medal back, um, but you. it is. It's really something. I can't believe you've been to North Korea and done a marathon. Yeah, that was that was pretty wild. That's so amazing. Uh, that was pretty wild. So yeah, so uh, yeah, so marathon running's um, wow. for me. <laughs> even the fact that you know some days it's winter, freezing cold outside, mm. you know mm. that kind of stuff. You've you've got to push yourself, but the feeling that you have afterwards is amazing. It really is. Well, look, I could talk to you all day about your experience marathon running, but this podcast is one in which we have to try it out mm. as well. Mm. And obviously, Lewis and I. Um, didn't have time to run a marathon, but you gracefully said that we could do a 5K run yep. just to get a taste yep. of distance running. Um, so we did that this morning. Um, separately, separately, mm-hmm. we had a crack. And I've got to say, I, I've, I've run in the past. I've been fitter in the past than mm-hmm. I am now. So I guess I haven't done any outdoor running since COVID, I would say. Okay. So and you were doing it during COVID? or I, I, I did a lot of running maybe like, Eight years ago, nine years ago, something like that. What are we talking? Distance, Uh, sprinting, middle distance. I would, 
maybe once a week I'd do 8Ks or something. Okay. And then I'd do little runs here and there in between yeah. there. But it was just sort of like, yeah, it was, it was, I was trying to get fit and I was yeah. like running a lot. Um, you were doing it to get fit? That was a specific purpose? It started that way, but a weird thing happened where it made my brain a lot clearer, like you were talking uh-huh. about. And um, this is going to sound insane, but it made me read faster. Hmm. Yeah. So I've, again, separate issue. I've given up reading now because it sent me crazy. <laughs> but um, at That's the time actually I'm, true. He came yeah. in one day. He was like, I'm giving up reading. <laughs> Like but, I'm giving up books. Like, I was that's... reading too much. Anyway, but when I, I found that when I was when I was running a lot, he won't like he'll, we'll be driving. He won't read a stop sign. Yeah. <laughs> he's problematic. Sw- he's yeah, sworn off the really whole bad. deal. Yeah. But um, sometimes people will give me books. I'm like, sorry, no, I can't. But I um, uh, I found myself when I was running and was really fit, or fitter than I am now. I was reading really quickly as well. Mm. So I'd I'd come, I'd do, do a big run, and then I'd come home, and then I'd like just I'd be like smashing through pages. Um, and I also know that if I, because I do stand-up comedy at night, if I go for a, a maybe a two-kilometer run before I do stand-up, for some reason I will crush that gig. Wow. And I don't know if it's just the relaxation; it's also focusing the mind, all that kind of stuff. It's totally true. But I haven't since COVID. I've only really been doing treadmill running, which mm. is not the same. Huh? So I do basically at the end of a workout, maybe three times a week. I will do. I mean, ideally three times a week. I do a kilometer of pretty hard running and then a kilometer yeah. of like cool down. Yeah, walking, awesome. Right. Yeah. So the idea of having to run 5Ks just on the roads in Melbourne mm. was, I was a bit like, oh no, I don't have the right asper puffers for this. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, this is going to go away and then kind of come back. So this morning we had to move hotel rooms and um, I had a, an absolute dog's breakfast of a morning. I had such a terrible morning um, for one specific reason. So when you, you know when you check into a hotel... And they ask for a hundred dollar or whatever bond uh-huh. oh, yeah. to make sure you don't trash the place. Yeah. Or... Except in North Korea, you get yeah. it for free. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I gave them my card, and they took a hundred dollars, but they also charged me a surcharge of a dollar sixty or something. Right. So they charged me one hundred and one dollar sixty because I paid with a credit card, which they asked me to do, right? Because yeah. they could only pay with a credit card. Yeah. This morning when I was checking out, they refunded me. Just the hundred dollars, oh, okay, and didn't refund the surcharge. That's a scam, right? Okay. And I said to the, and obviously it's a dollar sixty. Sure, who cares? I care. Okay, it's the principle of it, right? Uh-huh. That if I'm giving you a bond, you should refund the bond in total from uh-huh. what I've paid. Yeah. I don't want to need to be paying your FPOS provider or something. You know, yeah. that's that's your cost. You know. Yeah. But obviously, if they, they, if they won't take a hundred dollars in cash, and they won't, no, and they, they won't. won't, and I have a hundred dollars in cash, I was offering to, and they said no. Anyway, yeah. so. I'm checking out now and I look at the thing. I look at the receipt from the refund mm. and it's $100, not $101.60. Yeah. And I said to her, this isn't a big deal. I know it's just $1.60. <laughs> but this, this is less than what I paid. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's the surcharge. And I was like, oh, I know. Yeah, I get that. But like, because it's the surcharge, you should probably refund the surcharge because you're refunding. And she goes, it doesn't work like that. And I was like, that can't be right. She's like, well, we don't want to absorb the cost of the... And the other I'm like, that's that's your business. Yeah. I offered you cash, you wouldn't take it. Anyway, obviously it was like, I can't actually let this go any like I can't I can't actually fight this because that would be insane. It's all sixty Michael, yeah. you need to walk out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, Thank you for the stay, and I left. And did you take like a bun or something from the <laughs> yeah, all you should have stolen a pedal some slippers, I did. <laughs> yeah. And obviously it's a dollar sixty, who cares? But it's the principle of yeah, it for some yeah, reason. Yeah. And it yeah. just like sent me insane. Uh-huh. Then as I'm walking here to work, I get a, another charge on my phone that I see, 
and I've been charged a surcharge for the refund. Oh, get, get unfair income. So, like, I'm like, what are you? Oh, this is this is. You, you're, you're gonna sting me twice. <laughs> this puts me into maybe the worst mood I've been in for oh. a year. Like, I don't know why, but for some reason that just like I'm yeah. like. And obviously, it's just not, it's two dollars. No, nah, but it's cares? justice. It's, it's not about yeah, exactly. It's and obviously, justice. like obviously, and you know what? At the moment, it's a cost of living crisis, <laughs> and we're all every day and we're getting some. That's, that's some, half a coffee, mate. That's yeah. half a coffee. And you're know? getting some news story about how Woolworths has made two billion dollars, oh. or Qantas has made two. Billion, and you're like, you're jacking up prices. It, it's stinging me thing. on both <laughs> ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, of course. and obviously, it doesn't matter. And I can, I, I don't mean to brag. I can afford two dollars sixty, but at the same time, I'm just three dollars twenty. Three dollars. Yeah, I'm just. Losing my mind at this, and I get to work, and 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 I'm like, okay, now I've got to run my 5k, mm. and I am running the angriest, angry run, angry mm. run. I'm it's just like, thing. I'm so we're running. We, uh, the, the you said we should run a thing called the Tan in Melbourne, which is sort of like through the Botanic Gardens, I think. Mm. Um, and so I started running there, and I was so furious, and I was like cursing the name <laughs> of the hotel establishment. I'm like, and the v and the whatever the credit card providers, and I'm like, mm. these dogs, they're gonna get like, I was so mad. And then after about, I would say like twenty minutes, so probably about halfway through the run, just it all started to like evaporate from my brain, and I was like, "Oh, there's something about being outdoors and running in the fresh air, and you're around the trees and the greenery, and you realise that actually that it's getting mad is a choice, you know, <laughs> Michael. Mm. Getting mad is a if, in that instance, in this instance, in yeah. this instance, getting mad over two dollars is a choice, and you know you don't need to. You, you, like you gain nothing from this, and I'm, I'm running that over in my head. And I'm not going to say I forgave the Novotel, <laughs> but I'm at peace with them. <laughs> um, You're like, you know what? You're running a scam, and that will come back on you. Exactly. I'm like, I can't. The karma bus. Yeah. Exactly. And so I definitely, maybe that's maybe physiologically that's just endorphins. Mm. Maybe it's also just the ability to. Um, not be distracted and tense, and could also just be I'm not on social media for 25 minutes, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but 5Ks took me about I would say walking and running took me about 40 minutes to do, mm-hmm. and um, I think it was broadly speaking incredibly positive, and and I guess say like, unsurprisingly positive because we all know running is good and we all should all do it. Um, but yeah, that was my experience doing it, and the yeah. big the biggest change for me was not being mad at the hotel. Yeah. That's that's quite mm. good. I mean, look, uh, it is a. It, I don't know. If, I don't know if this is an apples for oranges comparison because I feel like with marathons, you know, I feel like it's once you get past into that like twenty thirty k region where things probably start happening to your body and your brain. Mm. But yeah, I I we also I'd also ran the tan this morning, mm-hmm. which again is not. It's nowhere near a marathon. No, it's five k. The Anderson Street Hill's pretty gnarly though. Yeah. Going up that hill's pretty Did heartbreak hill. Yeah. Um, but I haven't run the tan in a long time. I'm like you. I, oh, I'd never run it before. I got lost. I it's, up, a, it's a circle. Well, yeah. I was trying to. I wasn't sure because I couldn't. There's no map of it. So it's I, one. It's one. It's tan. The track is tan in color. What? It is. You, you stick on the tan and you go around the botanical <sighs> gardens. Is that why yeah. they call it the tan? It's a. It's a double. You get a double purpose. I ended up at the observatory, so I think I went the wrong oh, way. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I don't yeah. know where you went. Anyway, you anyway. got bonus miles. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, according to my phone, I didn't. But uh, <laughs> so I. I have a, um, I'm quite a competitive person. Um, Lewis is, um, I would say, a competitive psycho. He's okay. one of the most competitive people. Yeah, so well, how do you go then with a tan? They have the 
signposts with the times. They sure do. Craig Mottram. They sure do. So I um, I used to run quite a bit. Like I would run most nights uh, after work. And I, because I also, less so these days when I was young younger, I used to have a lot of like seething rage <laughs> at, my, at myself. Okay. I, I had a lot of, mm-hmm. I was, yeah, like not, you know, I wasn't going out and starting fights, but I just, I would often finish work and be like, yeah, oh, you screwed this up. You screwed this up. Okay. There's a lot of like internal anger. And running was the best way to just like get that out. Yeah, right. Um, but uh, then you know, you just I just stopped running a little bit. And then last year, Hingers and I were making a TV show, and I fractured my leg. Oh, and I haven't run since then. Um, so I've done like exercises and weights, and but I haven't really been for a run in a year. And. Uh, just wanted to make sure it really recovered. Gave it that full <laughs> year. <laughs> Prognosis is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh. But when I was running, because I think the challenge I have, even though I do love it, is that in my brain, I've got no excuse for being a bad runner. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. for me. What I was, do you mean you've got no excuse for being a bad well, runner? Well, you know, I look like I should be able to run. I feel like people are, people would always say to me, oh, like, do you long distance run? It's tall like and skinny. The, is, is, a, that the, is that the stereotype? Is yeah, it? Yeah, tall, is such skinny. Insane pressure to put on yourself. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Look at that every day. What is your brain that you're yeah. like? A couple of people have said, "I therefore I need to be the best at running." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've always had that thing where I'm like, I've got no excuse for being a bad runner. Maybe that's how I feel about mm. tech support. You know, yeah. I feel like I, I feel like I should be able to reset your iPhone really efficiently. Yeah, you, you do get angry about yourself when there's a computer issue that can't be solved. Yeah, for that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, we all have our cross development. That's yeah. right. So I, I was like, I haven't run, I haven't run in a while, and then just as I was about to take off, I was like, oh, you know what? I might just open up my old running app. And which sort of records your times. Mm -hmm. And that was a mistake. (laughs) Because as I was, I'm running along, and I actually, I've got some audio here from, I was recording some of the, um, some of the moments. Now, this was the moment where I saw what you were talking about. I just ran past a marker that has fastest times of the 10. It's like nearly 4K, 3 and a 3.8K is on there. Fastest time is. 10 minutes and 50 seconds. That's fucking outrageous. I did not need to see that at the start of a run. So right from the start, I'm seeing what is possible for the best in the world, and I am I can start to feel myself doing the comparison. I'm like, uh-huh. 10 minutes, 50. How fast would I have to go to do 4K? And I'm, which is, do you catch yourself and be like, Lewis, this is toxic? Or I was like, are you two in the... Well, the thing is, obviously, even at the fastest I've ever run, mm. like I used to probably run at my absolute best when I was running really, really fast. Yeah. I would probably run a, like about a 4 minute 30K for 7 or 8Ks. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Which is pretty pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. But again, like I've got, I've got the build for it. No excuse for... I could be faster. Anyway. Who, who, when you can I sorry to harp on on this. When yeah. you say no excuses, who do you think you're making excuses to internally for me? So the only person who's holding you to this standard is you. Correct. You don't think okay, okay. No one. Would, to. Look, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to interject, but there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, there's a lot going on here. There's actually a thing. I don't know. I mean, Usain Bolt, mm-hmm. the world's fastest human mm-hmm. ever, over a hundred meters. So some university students did a test to see how fast. 
they, you know, how do they make themselves equal Usain Bolt? What do they have to do? Mm -hmm. They tried running down the side of volcanoes. <laughs> they tried getting towed behind a car, getting pulled, all these sorts of bits and pieces. They could not make themselves, no matter what they did, with any kind of aid, rocket skates, like <laughs> wow. a Wiley Coyote style, all of that kind of stuff, they couldn't do Usain Bolt over 100 metres. Right. So comparing yourself in this instance to Craig Mottram, the record holder of the 10, no offence. No. It ain't going to happen. Ain't going to happen. You can't know that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, probably not. But what if? Like I don't know for sure. So you think you think given the fact that you haven't run in a year, yeah, you still think that you could still busted leg, busted leg. No, I'm not saying today. I'm just saying in general, I have a fairly toxic relationship with um, with running mm -hmm. and needing to be faster at all times. And, and again, because of pressure you've put on yourself, no one cares but me. <laughs> but for some reason internally, I have a thing where I I'm like. If I'm running, you've got to be getting faster. Did you ever mm. post when you had your running out? Did you ever post your times? Never. Okay. It was never, mm. never, never ever. Th that's ever. really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, when I was training for my first marathon, mm. I didn't tell anybody mm. that I was doing it for fear of if I don't do this, if I conk out halfway through, or yeah. my nipples explode, or whatever. <laughs> I, I I don't want the shame of of giving right. it a go and not telling on it. And it wasn't until after after when you're standing there with a medal. I then I posted it. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, I obviously not doing a marathon today, but still some of the old, um, I guess, I don't know, problems started to kick in um, as we should be able to hear that. The lap has just come through. I'm just under six minutes per kilometre and like 5.58. So I got, I shouldn't have opened the app. I shouldn't have opened the running app. Mm. It was a huge mistake. It took all of the... Um, the relaxing capability out for me. And it, as soon as that thing clicked through, it was like five, it's like, you are 5.58 per mm. kilometre. I was like, that's so close to six. And I'd never considered, I hadn't started the run thinking you need to be under six. I just started the run being like, oh, I haven't used my leg in a while. Hopefully it's okay. And because it was so close, I'm like, if you slow down, you'll hit six and that'll be bad. <laughs> There's a couple of things here I think are really interesting. The first off is when you're running, particularly in a marathon with lots of people, and when you're running the tan, there's lots of people around you, some mm. faster, some slower, all that kind of stuff. You don't know what they're dealing with. Mm. Someone might have, I don't know, come off a broken leg. Mm. Someone might be having problems at home. Someone might be a severe asthmatic. You don't know what that person's dealing with. So you don't know if they're fast for a reason or slow for a reason or whatever. Someone might be an elite athlete. Someone might be whatever. So when you see someone, it's like, I don't know what they're, what's going on in their world or whatever mm. the case happens to be. They're just doing the best they damn well possibly can. Mm. And when I'm doing a marathon and I'm, you know, I'm, towards the back of the pack, I'm not at the front of the pack, I'm the same thing. Uh, you know, sometimes I've been really fit and been able to run a fast one, mm. sometimes not so much, too many cheeseburgers. And mm. you seem, <laughs> I would say, more at peace with yourself than other people in the room. <laughs> right? uh, you you kind of yeah. have to be. I mean, you kind of have to be, really, at the end of the day, because we're our own harshest critics, aren't we? we well, mm. yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, obviously... I lost my mind at some point. Like my legs were jelly. I was like feeling a huge wheeze. My shoulders were starting to feel like jelly. And I've only run like two and a half k. Like I, this is nowhere near marathon. <laughs> what are you... But I'm just in compared to um, 
you know, so I haven't run in a long time. Yeah. And so it feels like I'm really going for it. And I'm doing six minute Ks, which is if you're a runner, garbage. That's 10 on the treadmill for people who run on treadmills. Garbage. That's a warm up. That's a warm up speed. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Well, um... also, Lewis, I, again, that's you're calling yourself garbage. <laughs> Like I just, I just know that people are going to be listening and be like, "Well, I do. Oh, sure, sure, I sure, do sure, five sure. minute. Oh, sorry, I do eight minute Ks or whatever. That's fine for and, them. Yeah, good. Go but, for it. But again, I just need to translate yeah, 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 for yeah, Lewis yeah. here yes. that all of his anger is again focused entirely, and his, and his judgment is focused entirely on himself. Hundred percent. Can, can, can I offer you a tip, a running Please. tip, if I may? Love that. Pick a nemesis. <laughs> Someone that's running in front of you, mm-hmm. make them your arch enemy, mm-hmm. your villain, mm. and by all means, you've got to do everything to gun them down. Do and you know that's so for, great for this. The the arch nemesis can't be yourself, hundred percent can't be yourself. Okay, just there's to no make mirrors. That very clear. To <laughs> no mirrors. Yeah. Well, because actually, I I do that. Um, I often do that when I'm running. And there was a guy perfect distance, like thirty meters ahead of me, mm. and I was like, and he was running at a similar pace. I'm like, fantastic. This is the guy. And at some at one point, for no reason, he just turned around and started running back in the other direction. Oh. And I'm like, "Oh, you were my nemesis." And then I was then it was just back to old yeah. Lewis again. <laughs> um, but anyway, then I uh, I was c- coming towards the end, and I I had hit a bit of a problem as I was coming to finish my lap of the tan. Okay, I'm crossing my starting point. Well, I'm not quite at four k's, so I can't get a definitive split. So I'm gonna keep going. What? So, because the tan is like 3.9 or 3.89 or something. You've got to get a split. And I was like, I don't know if I've got under six yet because I'd have to, it wouldn't be official. You know, if I'd stopped. Hang on, is the tan only, the tan's how long? It's like 3.9 Ks. Yeah. I thought we had to do five. I thought we had to do a lap of the tan. Oh, this is, (laughs) this is a nightmare. (laughs) So So what did you have to do then when you got right towards the end? So I had to keep running. For how long? Well, not long, just to get to 4Ks. So then so, I... So this is some sort of, like, everything's got to be even. No, no, well, it's to get your time. Now I need to, I for, need to know if I get under Oh, six, for the app. For the app, yeah. yeah Again, yeah. okay, right. Now I'm just running for the app. Yeah. <laughs> so I could say I am not getting the relaxing benefits of this run as it's happening. What are you doing? <laughs> and this is a 4K... While like, you it, were doing Let me this. just say this as well. Yeah. It was the most beautiful day in Melbourne. Mm. Sun was out. Birds were chirping. Botanical gardens, lovely. It was Beautiful, so right? stunning. Everything was suggesting just enjoy this. Can I? I hate to. Oh God, I, I hate <laughs> to pull you up on this, Lewis. But okay. you know that we've got you know the brick man coming in sure. to, to suggest that we do distance running. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You know that. Yeah. And you know that he's suggesting distance running as a wellness benefit. Uh huh. Twenty minutes into your run, when you're losing your mind, mm. being competing, competing with yourself. Did any part of you think this is that this isn't in the spirit of what Ryan McNaught would want would want from us? No, that literally <laughs> never crossed my mind. The only thing I could think about was if you get over six minutes a K, like I'm loving this. You'll have dropped the ball for uh, somehow, this is awesome. some, this is, for some this reason. Is, you are s- summarizing running in a nutshell. Yeah, the, everything that's going on there <laughs> is. Running is a thing. Mm. The maths of running, even trying to do mental calculations whilst Mm. you're running Mm. about your times. And if I do 15 seconds less this kilometer, what does that mean? Mm. All that kind of stuff. It's a thing. Yeah. So funny. Because for me, whenever I'm running, I'm just thinking about how this is going to benefit me creatively. See, I still think that's toxic in its own way. Yeah, but not as. I just disagree. I I think you're actually more toxic. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're just like... 
You're trying to like in. I'm trying to improve the run. Mm. You're the trying. Run, the run itself is meaningless to me. The run is useful as a tool to better shape, like <laughs> Your my brain. Work. Yeah, brain all work in. I don't think that's better. Time. I think now you've said that out loud, you must realise that that's not better. Oh, but the evidence is there. The evidence is clear, Lewis. <laughs> I don't think either of us have done this for the pure relaxation and joy of the run. No, well, I've had a good time anyway. <laughs> uh... But genuinely, if you're a creative person listening to this, I cannot recommend going for a jog enough as a way to clear your brain mm. a little bit 100%. and then to create. I forget work. the name of the comedian that we saw at the Melbourne Comedy Fest or pre-COVID days. Mm. His whole show was done on a treadmill. Oh, I think oh, that I was know. Mark Watson, a Welsh uh, guy, maybe? Unbelievably funny. Yeah. Yeah. He did the whole thing on the treadmill. It was ace. Yeah. <laughs> it was ace. That's really, he was, yeah. I think it was Mark Watson. I yeah. remember that show. It yeah. was really good. Yeah. Um, anyway, that was um, that was my experience of the run. I did um, I did cross over the 4Ks. Okay. Um, I don't know if, we, if it's important to know whether or not I beat six um, or whether we could just... Leave it. Well, can, can I ask a question? Yes. Yeah. For either of you, uh-huh. does it fit into the category of silver bullet? Well, this is this is time for us to do our analysis, our review at the end. Yeah. Now, I would say, for me, a lot of the problems that I have in my life are stress and anxiety, mm-hmm. right? I also have... I mean, you, know, you, you, you can... You can Feel free to insert your own problems you think I have listening at home. <laughs> Email them but, in. Yeah. Silverbullet at abc.net.au. Um, but I would say at various times of my life, running has, if I am able to outdoor regularly uh, run, it has incredible benefits to my life. Mm. Um, if I can maybe twice a week or th- even three times a week go for a jog and then once a week go for a long jog, my life is a hundred times better for me. Um, for various reasons, you know, life gets in the way of that, travel, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's, hard, it's hard to keep up with it. And for the last year, I've not really been doing that. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I I, love it. It's an absolute silver bullet for me, a hundred percent. There you go. Yeah. And he, look, I would say this. You brought in distance running, uh, not marathons, because that's obviously not what we've done. And you could argue whether or not, the distance we did was distance running, but it wasn't a sprint. It was it had mm. some distance I'm to sure. it. Mm. And I would say that I know that probably listening to me tell my story, you would think that man is a unwell, um, <laughs> b too competitive, three riddled with self loathing, and true. four he hasn't had a good time. Mm. But what you don't understand is when you are this way, it's actually really good to get that out in oh. that format because yeah. it means that by the time I finish the run. I've condensed all of that kind of thinking, which my brain will do anyway, to that period, and I can kind of leave it behind. Mm. And I can almost like condense all of that hyper-competitive, kind of angry thing. Lewis, I'm looking at your computer screen there. You've got the podcast charts open, and you've got <laughs> Joe Rogan's name circled. Yeah, yeah, we're coming for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> He's never run a marathon, don't worry. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, but yeah, I, um, I... I it actually was really good to do mm. and it reminded me how much I love to run and how much I feel so much better after a run. Like we did it this morning. I feel great. My legs feel like strong and good. Mm. I, I feel like I walk taller. Yep. I like my head goes up, my shoulders go back. I, um, I was like quite, I, I did some things to my lungs over a period of years that were not very healthy. Um, I feel like I can breathe better. Uh-huh. I I honestly feel I feel really good. 
So, so would you say it's a silver bullet? For me, it is a silver bullet. Oh, is this one of our first, all three of us think it's a silver bullet? Yeah, this is a three-chamber Three chamber this silver is all, bullet this probably upgrades it's it to f- a platinum bullet. Platinum bullet. Can, and you know it's funny. The thing about running is it can be so many different things to different people, right? It's it's universal. Even walking, it's mm. not even mm. it's just you know any of that kind of physical activity like that. But I, for example, sake, I found um, living. I've been in the same house for a number of years. I found the areas that I run getting a bit stale. I'm, mm. I've tridden that footpath, mm. I don't know how many times, I know every crack in that footpath now. So I'm finding, looking for ways to do it. And then podcasts. So I listen to podcasts when I run, for example, oh. say. All different manners. Some days it might be an ed- something educational, I'll learn something. Some days it's comedy. Some days it's learning about a silver bullet. Whatever the case happens to be. Yeah. And so I, I, you find ways to, to keep yourself going in mm. different ways. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I remember when I was running long distances, I used to alternate. I used to listen to podcasts for a while. And then I had to stop because my times were getting too slow. Because I felt like when I run to podcasts, totally. I don't run fast enough. Yep, hundred percent. And even yeah. even your playlist, like mm. your music playlist, I will play a certain playlist with a tempo or a beat to match what I'm trying to do for that mm. run. Is that a speed run? Is that a, just a distance run or whatever? Yeah. So that, I mean, this the math and ever the science behind the running, it's mind blowing. Yeah. Wow. Well. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for coming in. Oh, yeah. awesome! And, to be and here. you're providing you. us really with our first platinum bullet yeah. of. The, we've upgraded. Um, we yeah. really have. Hey. Yeah, yeah. You've, we've yeah. done it. We wondered if this day would come. Yeah. Uh, and all it took was doing the thing that everyone has always said is really good for you. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Uh, North Korea next for us. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you've enjoyed this, please follow our podcast wherever you uh, get your podcasts, um, including on the ABC Listen app. And obviously, our official opinion here is that mm. things sound better, even though the files are identical, things sound better through the ABC Listen app. How could they not? Uh, if you do have uh, a silver bullet you'd like to recommend or someone, uh, a guest you'd love to hear uh, on the podcast, silverbullet at abc.net.au. Uh, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Conversations. You go into a psychiatric hospital. Spend an hour in the life of someone else. Because you can no longer function. Someone who's seen and done remarkable things. Who are all these crazy people? And it takes a while to realise you're one of them. Just because people are not completely sane doesn't mean they can't help you. Follow on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.